Well, hello, good morning, good afternoon, good whatever time of day you're watching this. Thank you for doing so. I'm Nelson, the founder of 360 Degree Ministries, where the love of Christ must come full circle. And this week, we're going to wrap up our unit on the misvalues. So, one more time, what is a misvalue? So, a misvalue is a thing, a, a, a concept in the Christian faith. Or uh, I guess you could just say a stereotype in the Christian faith that we think is actually biblical, but is not. So it's something we think is biblical, but it's not. So we've done a lot of things in this in this uh, in this unit. We've done we've talked about prosperity not necessarily being bad, prosperity not necessarily being good. Uh, God is this super vindictive, like he's all wrath. God is all grace. Neither one of those is true. We actually talked about Christmas. We talked about New Year's resolutions. We talked about um, spiritual gifting and that, you know, if you if your spiritual gift isn't to preach, it doesn't matter. We had a real serious one in uh suicide sending you to hell and we also talked about mental health awareness that week we talked about uh giving satan almost as much credit as god as you know this big tough guy the devil made me do it the, the enemy is on this long term lie and all that kind of stuff and last week we talked about judgment versus condemnation i probably ruffled from some feathers on that one i'm going to ruffle a lot more this week we good so, I promised you guys a lightning round, and we're not even going to be that long. Um, so, I got a couple of things that we're going to talk about. So, here are the rules. I'm going to mention the missed value. I'm going to mention where it's wrong, and I'm going to give you the scripture. In other words, all the scripture this week is homework. Otherwise, we can't have much of a lightning round, because I don't know no lightning that moved that slow. So, if you disagree with one of these debunks, go read the scripture first. The, all the scriptures will be in the description box below. There'll be a link to all of them like there always is. But read the scripture first and then engage me in the comments. Then engage me in the inbox. Then engage me in the Facebook group. Links to all of those will also be in the description box. So, as we continue... If we understand the directions, let us begin. <sighs> Miss value number one, God is always going to support what you're doing. Well, Proverbs nineteen twenty one, because many many of a many of a man's many of the plans of a man, but the will of God reigns supreme. In in the Christian faith, we do a lot of good versus better. It might be good for you to do this, but it's better if God wants you to do something else because God knows what's best for us better than we do. So God not always give you what you want. <laughs> so and you always you know you don't always want what you want. It's not always best for you. So there's also that. Uh, so next, so the next one, the pastor's the only one with the power. Galatians 6, uh, chapter 1, uh, Galatians 6, verses 1 and 2, say, ye who are spiritual, don't say ye who are pastors, it gave us all, it, I mean, it gave us, and we all, we were all given dominion, so we're all given dominion, we're all given the charge to make disciples, and 
it's not just the pastor. The pastor, the pastor is charged with more, but that doesn't necessarily mean he has more power per se. He doesn't have any more access to the power. Here's another one. If you don't speak in tongues, you don't have the Holy Spirit and or you are not saved. So Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 and 14 gives us the Holy Spirit as a guarantee. The sealing of the Spirit is a guarantee. So once we are saved, we have an authentic desire to please God, whether we speak in tongues or not. That's not to say speaking in tongues is not a thing. It's just not necessarily a prerequisite for salvation. The context for uh, speaking in tongues happens in, I believe, 1 Corinthians 14. You can go read that. Um, and I, I realize a whole bunch of people got saved by speaking in tongues. Pentecost was circumstantial. Let me say it again for y'all. Pentecost was circumstantial. All right. <clears throat> so we know about Paul, right? And we know that Paul wrote like half the New Testament. Well, a lot of people think that Paul is just a man and his work isn't biblical. If Jesus didn't say it, then what does it even matter? This is why it matters because um, in Acts chapter 9, he encountered Christ and Christ commissioned him to go do this work. This is re-referenced in uh galatians chapter galatians chapter 1 verses 11 and 12 where paul references the fact that that christ put the christ put the belt on him per se the championship belt to go preach to go to go preach the good news and in galatians chapter 2 verses 1 and 2 and, and verse 9 the apostles also approve of paul's message so paul's ministry was to preach the things of christ to the gentiles that was paul's whole ministry oh but that was a Christ commission ministry. So no, nah, don't do that. All right, let's get, let's get into some of these juicy ones. We are, we already almost halfway through. So the Bible is the white man's religion. I hate this one, by the way. <laughs> I hate this one. I'm going to spend a little extra time on this one than I originally intended. But first, Romans chapter two, verses one through 16, determined that this was a lie because God shows no partiality. And number two, Yeah, we talk about God, we talk about the, we, we won't get to this in a minute. We talk about the Bible of being a white man's religion because, you know, all the, all the slavery stuff. Look, man, and this going to be super controversial. Some of y'all going to subscribe when I say this, but I don't care. First of all, I recognize that the Bible was misused, not used, misused abused but not used misused abused but not used to justify chattel enslavement give enslaved africans that were forcibly brought over to the americas false doctrine to keep them indoctrinated that is still kind of going on today that's for that's some that's for somebody else's channel though and the word was twisted, but for everybody who authentically got saved, it was the best thing for them. For everyone who authentically got saved, it was the best thing for them. Why? Because slavery sucks, but hell is forever. Slavery sucked. Save slavery sucks, because there's still some forms of uh, enslavement going on today. But hell is forever. The good news of Jesus Christ trumps all things. That's a tough pill to swallow, ain't it? Now, let me let me be a little bit more sensitive. The Bible says love your neighbor, right? 
Love your neighbor as yourself. Love God with all your heart. Love your neighbor as yourself. All these hang all the law and the prophets. How can you love your neighbor when you forcibly take your neighbor from their home and do all kinds of violent acts and, subject, and, 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 and subjugative acts to them? That ain't loving your neighbor. And every last person who did these things and condoned every last person who practiced these things that did not repent is in hell. I mean, just like any other sin, but that is that is a pretty fundamental sin. If you if you living in sin and you don't claim it, you, you can't. Basically, what I'm saying is you can't claim Jesus Christ and practice these things at the same time. They're incongruent. Especially if you don't feel no feel, especially if you don't, especially if you don't repent over it. That, that one was that one was a little tough, too. We we still rolling. We still rolling. We still rolling. So in, in the Bible condones slavery. Chattel enslavement is not Levitical slavery. <laughs> Chattel enslavement is not Levitical slavery. They had all kinds of festivals that say, look, man, you got to you got to let your slaves go. You got to pay your slaves. You got you got to treat your slaves right. Uh, over in the Pauline epistles, treat your slaves right because everybody got the same master. Just stop it. Who stop it. The Bible is written by man. I mean, 2 Peter uh, chapter 1, verses 19 through 21 said, nah, nah, nah. You can do the 2 Timothy piece too. We're going to do 2 Peter uh, chapter 1 because that one specifically addresses the, yeah, ain't no, ain't no man, ain't no man dictating these words. So, that, so there's another one. <laughs> oh, oh, we getting in the nitty gritty now. The Bible is chauvinist. The Bible hates women. Man, Ruth, Esther, Abigail, Mary, the women that Jesus is tomb, Eudoria, Syntyche, Genesis 1, 26, 27, and Ephesians 21 through 32 would all like to disagree. God gave the man and the woman dominion. He gave women all kind of important roles throughout the Bible. When Jesus was written, was risen, written, risen, that little linguistic thing going on, bear with me. But when Jesus was risen, God used the women to go get the men. And let me say this right now. That's that's not a that's not a subject. That's not a that's not a sub kind of role. That's really important. That's really important. We we talk about um the woman being the helpmate and the and the woman submitting to the man, but submission ain't slavery. We just talked about slavery. It ain't that. Golly. But unlike God, who will get his glory with or without us, that we sub sub subject ourselves to him, God will get his glory regardless. His, his will going to be done. We men, we can't do nothing without no women. And the Bible shows that all throughout the goddamn scriptures. So don't even, don't even, don't even do that. Don't, just don't. Next one. Ooh, I'm going to really ruffle some feathers on this one. The church building is the church. Church is Matthew chapter 16, 18. The church is the body of Christ. The church is authentic gatherings amongst believers who take care of each other. The key is community, not assembly. It is community, not assembly. And if you don't believe me, go read Acts. If you don't read, if you don't believe me, go to Moses in the wilderness. I mean, yeah, that was leadership because Moses, he was seen to be the only one with any, any sense. But yeah, just, yeah. It's not the modern day church building. It ain't the modern day church building. It's not, not the modern day church building. Now, if your modern day church building does what I just described, great. 
but don't be relying on that to say that's the church. The church should the church should be the church should be in you. The church should be in us. The gates of hell can't prevail against it because we have Christ. Because Christ the cornerstone. And here go the last one. Ooh we. Tithing. I'm only going to touch on this briefly because I'm probably going to make a whole bunch of people mad. So, paying a church tax to a fifth of the funding of a physical building in the modern day. Yeah, I recognize people don't own livestock and sheep and all that kind of stuff, but that's not what, no, 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 no. That was a Levitical priest thing for physical resources, not money. And... I mean, but that's not to say don't give. I'm not saying don't give. Because first of all, if God gave you salvation, you're supposed to do something with that. You got to give back to whom much is given, much is expected. So that's all true. But you need to give according to what you are convicted to give by the Holy Spirit. Authentic conviction. Don't give unless you are authentically convicted to give. Because God loves a cheerful giver. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 1 through 9. God loves a cheerful giver. If you ain't no cheerful giver, then what God can't even use you. Because you're doing it out of ritualism. And that's and that's really the key on that one. If you tithe in, if you tithe in because it's the ritual, then nah. But it, it, look, if you give into your if you give into your physical church building because they authentically doing the things of God and they've authentically had an impact in your life, we did a whole church unit. The link to it will be in the description. If your church doing that for the body of Christ and for you, and you feel convicted to give, do that. But ain't no, ain't no obligation. Ain't no obligation. If anybody who's watching this, who's a pastor, just like I said a few weeks ago, if God put the belt on your ministry to do a thing, then you need to rely on God to make it work. If you ride in your congregation, you need to repent. That one was tough, wasn't it? <laughs> that one was tough. Man, we done. We done. Just... I, I, I think I done already, I done already ruffled a few feathers. So, uh, yeah, we, yeah, well, I think we just going to finish here. So tell me how you like the unit. Just tell me how you like the unit. Tell me, tell me how you like it. Uh, use the comment, use the comment box or whatever. Inbox me. Give me feedback. Let me know what the next, you want the next unit to be. I felt like I didn't covered everything. I'm not sure where to go yet. I'm going to go check with God, but I feel like I didn't covered everything. Like that that's relevant. Um what I do know is that the next unit won't be for two weeks. So this Friday this Friday, February first, that's when you get that's when you that's when this this is when this is going live. Won't be a full Friday feature on the eighth. Next one will be on the fifteenth. I'm not sure what I'm gonna do yet though. But I hope y'all enjoyed this. And look, I love each and every one of you. We done. Oh, yeah, we so done. I love each and every one of you, and there's nothing you can do about it. God bless you. Take care of yourselves. Take care of one another. And have a great weekend, folks.